Good morning, folks, and welcome back. Thank you for listening and coming back again for another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. It's your host, Devin Hines, sitting across from, as always, Mr. Luke Mueller. Luke, say hello to the folks. Hello, folks. We are back for another episode after a exhilarating week three win over the San Francisco 49ers. Our boys pulled out a barn burner, 30-28 to 28 over the... I mean, at this point, it's a rival in San Francisco. I would definitely say they're a rival. Um, it's been very one-sided recently. Yes. But, you know, I don't like them, so I'm going to call them a rival. Fair. I mean, in, I think I've definitely admitted to being very petty when it comes to the Packers. Yep. Like, if you beat my team, you can go kick rocks. Mm-hmm. So it's only natural we don't like them. I agree. I think we both had very limited expectations going into this game. Yeah, I think that was probably pretty clear last episode that I... Did not expect this to go great. We don't do well in California. We don't do well against the 49ers. We don't do well against teams built like the 49ers. So I was pleasantly surprised. And we don't do well against those teams when we have all of our horses, right? So right. not only, you know, Zadarius Smith was out, David Bakhtiari is out, Elton Jenkins, the backup left tackle was out, and we're starting Yash Nijman, who, like, this guy, not quite <laughs> me material in, you know, in Packers circles, but was pretty close to it. You know, we thought that we might move, like, uh, Dennis Kelly, put him at right tackle, and then maybe yeah. put Billy Turner at left tackle. I was really surprised that Yash was the move. So was I, especially this to be his first start. I mean, not even just first start, really his first snaps as a professional, not in the preseason, mm-hmm. and to have to go against Bosa every play. That is a tall order. Very tall order. And then with how much five wide we went, you a know, shocking amount. five-man protection. Maybe not five wide necessarily, but, you know, five guys. Like, we had some, you know, empty tight, sets. tight to chip. Yeah, yeah, empty set. That's what I'm looking for. All right, so let's begin like we always do. Let's do it. Breaking down the offense. We've already already started a little bit. What else did you see? What did you love? What didn't you like? Well, I think the game plan was phenomenal in this one to start off with. And Roger stuck to it, which is the exact opposite of what we saw in week one, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the problems we had at the beginning of the year, I mean, week three, still beginning of the year, but week one is it felt like we were just we were just winging the ball around, hoping something worked, and it didn't. But this game came in with a game plan. I think we executed it really well. Like you just touched on, down to our third string left tackle, what are we going to do to try to help him? I think going empty is counter, kind of counterintuitive to a lot of people. 100%. However, Rodgers led the league it, this week. And how fast he was getting the ball out. His release was impeccable. And we were still pushing the ball down the field despite that quick release. So a lot of that, like the Lazard play early from the slot, that kind of thing. That's a real quick release. It's 40-yard chunk, though. So that was beautiful. That play was money. Absolutely loved it. And I think Rodgers is probably the best in the game at throwing that ball currently. Mm -hmm. I'm just three-step drop, boom, let it go. Just floated right over the top. But the game plan, phenomenal. Quick release. Our guys were winning right off the bat on a lot of shorter routes and then also help out with some chip blocks on Bosa when needed. And not even some chip blocks. I mean, some of those people were laying the wood. I got I to gotta let you do your plug. I Thank you. Your I boy. appreciate that. My boy, McHenry Zone, Big Bob Tunyon, who also said he's from McHenry East Campus in the intros, if anybody caught that. Yeah, I cringed, folks, because I knew we'd have to be mentioning in the yeah, show. He's uh, clearly listening, so I, I appreciate that, Big Bob. But <laughs> one of our many, many Packer listeners, folks. So shout out to, to Tunyon. Um, he destroyed Bosa on one play, I believe, in the second quarter. Oh, Just yeah. laid him out. Um, so the tight ends coming in, chipping. 
that was primarily what they did. I believe Tunyon only had one catch. However, um, really helping out in other ways. They were chipping most of the game, almost every play. When, even when we were in empty sets, bring a tight end tight, and then chip to kind of help on those ends. So I think the game plan was phenomenal, honestly. And that's really what kind of helped get us off on a good foot and then propel us towards the end. Yeah, I was really surprised with how much empty we went and how effective it was. Because yeah. um, like you said, it is pretty counterintuitive. I would think, you know, keep a back or two in. But essentially, you know, the chip game is it's an alternative yeah. to having a running back in the backfield. And if you think about it angle-wise, right, if if you have a defensive end like Bosa who can get around, then he has a full head of steam. You know, we both we both were in blocking situations back in high school football, back yeah. in our glory days. And you know if someone has a you know, full head of steam much harder to absorb that hit much harder to stop if you can stop him from getting the full head of steam in his tracks right off the bat which is what we did um predominantly i mean we had a little bit of a rough couple first series i think but then we really settled in offensive line wise but yeah that's the way to do it at least that's the way we chose to handle it and it worked out well for us you mentioned that uh, on the first drive that hit to lazard which it was his only catch of the game it was still nice to see him getting involved yeah that might have been his first catch of the season. It felt like it. I know we tried a similar play later in the a little bit later, a couple of drives later, and and missed it. I think he got the DPI on it though. So, he did. Um, still impacted the game, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see a couple of the wide receivers besides Devontae. When you were mentioning the game plan and sticking to it, mm-hmm. you know we have not seen the effectiveness and the efficiency of the Packers running game that we had last year right. and in years past. Um, that may just be, you know, getting used to the new offensive linemen. I don't think it's that Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon are any worse. But unlike against New Orleans, where we, where they were begging us to run the ball and we wouldn't, like we we stayed with it and we've kept patient. Yeah. It's so important, right? So important. I, we're currently, the team averaged uh, four yards carry, twenty-five carries, hundred yards on the dot, mm-hmm. and that's doable, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae. I mean, if you can get into second and six every time. You'll be happy with that. Do your math, folks. You run it three times, four yards each. That's 12 yards. It's a first down. First down every time. Can't go broke, make it a profit. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think we had our, our first technical difficulty. Yep, that's yep. a shoe drop. Or that's okay. Drop. We're doing all right. We're still okay. Nobody we fell are. off our platform, folks. We're good. Uh, a little shout out to my boy, Marquez. Marquez gets yeah, he himself. It. Yeah, he had a, what, like a 30-yard bomb. Yeah, we finally hit one. Right. So that's open back up. Teams have yep. to be looking for that. And then he had a little, what was it, just a little out route in the end zone? Mm-hmm. Which for you know, a long time, script on Marquez, he can only go deep. No, folks, he can run the route tree. He did, and that was a, a hard catch. Defender kind of flashing in front of him. That's not easy. It takes a lot of concentration, which is where a lot of his drops have come in the past. So that was great to see some growth from him. Like I kind of mentioned already, I'd like to see more. I mean, Devontae killed it. It was, he's an artist out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful to watch him run routes and then after the catch. Uh, but he had 12 catches. The next closest person was Marquez at three. I'd so, like to. So we can look at this closer. two different ways, though. Yeah, right? true. So, true. you know, like good old Colin Coward. Love him. I don't love him. <laughs> no. Colin Coward's like, oh, yeah, well, the Packers have no other receivers. And like you said, you know, Devontae Adams has 12 catches. Yeah. MVS has three. Lazard has one. Maybe it's not that we have no other receivers. Maybe it's that Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. Without a doubt. And he's in, if he's open, throw him the ball. I don't disagree with I that. I have no problem with that. I think I just want to see a little bit more of the scheming open that we had last year, which is kind of where we got some of that spreading the ball around a little bit. Fair. Uh, fair. But yeah, if Devontae's just going to win his matchup every single time, 
then I don't really have a problem throwing the football, mm-hmm. especially on that final drive. Whew. I still just can't. I can't believe the 49ers coverage. Like, did they not realize that's exactly what we were going to do? I mean, you, their, their rationale, right, was that it's 30, what, 37 seconds? 37 seconds from timeouts. So where are the Packers going to try to go? They're going to try to get to the sideline so that they can, you know, save the clock. But what, they had one guy in the middle? Yeah, that was it. And one. The middle was wide open, especially that first play. That first play, which, you know, you see Devontae trying to get to the sideline, right? Couldn't quite make right. it. But he could add like seven, eight, nine more yards if he just went right upfield. Correct. Now, obviously, everything turned out great, so I'm not going to complain about what he did. Um, but even that second play where Rodgers just kind of threw it in the ground a little bit towards Devontae's feet, that was huge. If he had held that ball a couple more seconds before letting it go, we could be much sadder today talking about the football game. I think I'd be much more mad because yeah. this was not... With the, you look at the matchup, the Packers versus the 49ers. Mm-hmm. We kicked their ass. Yeah, we were the better team. We were easily, night and day, clearly the better team. Mm -hmm. But this was not the Packers versus the 49ers. This was the Packers versus the 49ers and the refs, which we will get into later. I mean, more so we talked about the defense. Yeah. Um, But this game, the scoreboard definitely lies. This was not as close as it looks. No, no. We should not have had to come from behind. I believe we were truly the better team for all four quarters. Um, We really just stumbled one time, I believe, on offense, truly. And that was when uh, we got the ball back with, what, like eight minutes left, something like that. And then we threw three bombs all in complete punt of the ball. Uh, that was frustrating. That was a little bit uh week one flashbacks. But I'm glad we rallied, got it back together. Again, right? What we talked about last week, that this was this was an opportunity to get that monkey off our back. Not right. only the, the traveling to California, mm-hmm. but also like... Just this this mindset that we're not a tough team. Right. We get hit in the mouth and we roll over and die. Right? That would have been a perfect time after that drive where we roll over and die and we didn't. We did not. And when you talk about kind of punching people in the mouth, I was so happy to see our offensive line, how physical they were. I mean, they were taking it to that very stacked, very large defensive line for the 49ers. And even early on, they were setting the tempo, just double team, getting to the second level, pushing guys back. Um, I think this offensive line, while very young, has the potential to be the most physical we've seen in recent times. So obviously over the last several years, um, we've been a little bit more pass blocking oriented. I think that's fair to say. Uh, we have the best pass blocking left tackle in the league. Mm-hmm. However, it's really nice to see those guys fire off the ball, kind of take it to them. Don't let them try to get it to you. So I, I loved seeing that kind of like you said, we were a little 49ers esque that way. Let's just take it to them, get four yards at a time. That's fine. You'll break eventually. That's what happened. Now looking back at the stat column, when you were mentioning that you you know you'd like to see other people getting involved in the passing game, I was a little disappointed. You know, Josiah Deguara. Yep, we talked about him. Good old Josiah, yep. right? And especially this is a big game for him. Big game for him on the floor because he's supposed to be Kyle Uzcheck. Yeah. Didn't Kyle Uzcheck score a touchdown and Josiah had like one catch for four yards? The most important touchdown of the game. Yeah. <sighs> But at least he did something. <laughs> True. I think I stood up and cheered for Josiah True. when he got that one catch. Um, and I think we cannot, it would be remiss if we did not mention the fact that Aaron Rodgers had the same amount of catches as Big Bob and Josiah and more than Randall Cobb. Was that that's on an a deflection? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. So he was trying to throw it to the left real quick. Um, 
kind of a screen bubble situation. Hambosa smacked it. And for some reason, Aaron decided to catch it. Well, I remember he said on the Pat McAfee show that he wanted to get a couple yards. I was like, okay, bud. How about you just smack that thing down? Don't take the hit. I mean, it's negative four yards. It's hurting our passing average, man. How can you be so selfish? I know, but if you had him in a fantasy football league, PPR could help you out. Would it? Can you? Yeah. Would it be a positive? Yeah, you would get positive 0.6 points. Because, like, one for for the the catch catch, and then then negative 0.4 for the yardage. But, so anybody that had him out there, you probably enjoyed that. But do you get points for wide receiver points if he's slotted at quarterback? I don't yeah, think, it, I don't it's think just so. reception no matter what. Is yeah. it? Yeah. I always remember wondering with like a punt returner or something. Like if you have like that's dude, Randall little, Cobb. I feel like we're getting off track here. That's a little different. But yes, uh, so like if, if Aaron Rodgers were to do the, the Philly special type scenario, you'd yeah. still get the receiving points, yeah. One of our listeners was asking about some fantasy stuff. So that's true. We can that's sprinkle true. it in a little bit. Yeah, we can sprinkle it in a little bit. That's fine. All right. And that's the sprinkle. <laughs> Any other thoughts on offense before we go to defense? Well, I think there was one thing that I loved seeing not from our offense. It was actually from the 49ers offense. But something we've brought up before is taking plays from the other team, using them the following week. Okay. Okay. So there's one play in particular. Didn't do a ton. Got like eight yards. But I loved it. And I think we have great personnel to reenact it so they had a, a motion they did a jet motion mm-hmm. with Debo fake the handoff to him he goes to the left Jimmy Garoppolo and the running backs start going to the right kind of like a weird pitch option thing then he hands it off to Kittle who follows him behind Debo it's kind of like a second motion to the left Debo's the lead blocker and then Kittle gets like eight yards on a rushing play so I would love to see that with Big Bob with Lazard out front I think we could easily do that. I think that would be a great play. Will we? I mean, probably not, but I love the creativity of that play. I really want to see us do something like that going forward. I, I wouldn't that be surprised genius. if we do it. That'd be great. I really hope that in a week or two we can talk and be like, remember that play we talked about? It happened. It happened. And Tunyon ran for like a 40-yard touchdown. Something we predicted actually yeah, happened. That would be amazing. We're a little hit and miss sometimes we're, here, folks. We're pretty much just miss at the moment. That's okay. <gasps> Well, I had, I had a hit that we're going to get to on defense. You I'm, did. I'm still pretty excited about. But <laughs> when did. I make, you know, 20 hot takes, you hope that I get one or two of them right. You know, quantity over quality. No problem. But talking about that George Kittle play. Yeah. You know, it, it was a beautifully designed play. Mm-hmm. But what my mind goes back to is it was, so jet motion, right? A yep. lot of moving pieces, a lot of misdirection. Mm-hmm. Only eight yard gain. And yep. it was beautifully drawn up. I think it was Campbell. Like it was a whole swarm of guys. Yep. Right? 49ers did a lot of motion. And they weren't just met by one guy on their motion. They were met by, you know, two or three. This defense looked special. They were swarming. They were like, swarming. Like, we have not seen them swarm anytime recently. That's for sure. Defense we go. Let's go defense. All right. So, big announcement before the game, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin King was going to be out. Yep. I'm sure there were some Packer fans that probably had a sign of, you know, sigh of relief. Should try to stay away from that as much as we make jokes about Kevin King and you know right. I don't want right. him playing on the field. Obviously, you don't want him actually hurt. Um, Correct. So he's I think he's still a little banged up for this week. We'll see if he goes. Mm-hmm. We don't want him starting out there, but obviously we don't want him hurt. So right. nothing about the best team, Mr. Kevin King. Hope you're feeling better. That being said, I mentioned last week that you know Shannon Sullivan I thought should have taken some issue with what was said by Joe Barry in the press conference about his top three corners. You did. And with Kevin King being out, Sully was going to be the primary nickel corner. Mm-hmm. 
first drive of the game, pass breakup, I went nuts. It was a great one, too, on uh, Sanu, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, kind of reach around, swat the ball down, kind of a diving play. It looked great. You looked good. You looked really good, and I, I thought of you immediately. And you sent me a text immediately upon that happening. It's on brand, folks. This <laughs> it is, is this is who we it are. Is. So, Sully, yep. right, a guy who's he's not all pro. He's never going to be. No. He's a guy on this defense who, you know, like I said, we don't expect to be all pro. We just need you to do something once or twice a game. Yeah. To be consistent and make a play. And you at him. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Lancaster, Lancaster, you had a whole bunch of these just raw guys, just all my guys, like replacement level guys, a lot of Luke's guys, a lot of a lot of my guys. I was impressed with. Yeah, they they really played well, Um, and it takes an entire team effort when you're going up against a offensive bind like Kyle Shanahan because Mm -hmm. he will find your weakness and then kind of play off of that. Um, So everybody's stepping up to the plate, not just the heavy hitters. We knew Jair was going to have a good game. We knew Kenny Clark would show up. He had a phenomenal game, by the way. Did you notice that they got really creative with Kenny Clark? You know, usually they put him up right over the center of the guard. Just straight up nose tackle, defensive yeah. Defensive tackle position. First time I've seen this in years where they put him at, like, defensive end. Yeah, they do it occasionally, but it's pretty rare. And then they had, but they did it more this game than they had Lancaster as the nose tackle. Which normally would you know, make me cringe a little bit, but yeah. I'll say it. Tyler Lancaster came to play. He did. He had, he had some some good pressure. It was definitely getting some penetration, which is great. Kenny Clark was a man. I mean, if we look at the last two centers we've played, right? It's been Ragnow and then now Mac, two of the best in the league, with Mac being one of the best in recent memory. Mm-hmm. He just manhandled both of them. I mean, he doesn't really show up in the stat sheet a ton, Kenny Clark, but he had a couple plays that were phenomenal where he just drove straight back into Jimmy Garoppolo or the running back and completely blew up the play. Exactly. Even if you're not getting the tackle or sack, you can still blow up the play and, right. you know, reinforcements arrive, right? Like exactly. this team has been swarming, swarming to the ball. It has, which has been awesome. And I think somebody that we've talked about a little bit um, the last couple of weeks, Devondre Campbell, had another really good game. He's one of those people that he just seems to be there. He's just always in the right place. Right. He almost had a pick on one of their first drives, too, um, towards Kittle. Just kind of went off his hands. He had the fumble recovery. He's just right place, right time guy. And we haven't had one of those in a while. So that's really good to see. Um, a little bit of athleticism helping in coverage. I think he's played really well. I mean, he's not Fred Warner, right? want to make that clear. But he's honestly, like, best since Barnett. Barnett, so far, we're Hawk. three weeks I mean, it's in. A, it's a hot yeah. take, I know. This is what we do, but man, he's looked really good. Let's respect Desmond Bishop. Thank you very much. <laughs> Desmond Bishop. Cement feet. <laughs> but he was a thumper, man. He was. He was. <laughs> he was. He'd give people headaches, that's for sure. So yeah, I thought I thought he played great as well. I mean, really the center of that defense was was really good. And I think the defensive line... With how much each of them stepped up. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about Kenny Clark, obviously, your boy Lancaster, and yep. even Dean Lowry. My boy, Dean Lowry. Dean Lowry. Rockford's own. Rockford's own. There, even I'll jump in on it. <laughs> Dean Lowry, in, I don't know, second or third quarter, they did a stunt, right? Mm-hmm. So where you have your defensive, every defensive lineman sort of like rotate and shoot opposite gaps that they would, trying to confuse the offensive lineman. But usually in those stunts, you have like somebody that you're trying to get free. The other guy's a little bit more sacrificial. 
Yeah, so so Dean Lowry was a sacrificial lamb, so he does a, a spin to the inside, and he all of a sudden found himself like in the arms of Jimmy Garoppolo and got a sack. Yep. It, it was pretty comical to watch. It was. <laughs> you can sort of see Dean Lowry's like confusion and excitement on the play because he shouldn't have been... No. He shouldn't have been, I don't want to say open, but he shouldn't have had a free lane to the quarterback. Right, like that was that. not drawn up for him to no. get that pressure. He no, was no, just no. supposed to eat a blocker at that point. So very happy with the defensive line. Yeah. Very happy with Campbell. I got to say, so Chris Barnes goes out with, I want to say, was it a concussion? I believe so, yeah. Concussion. So we'll see about if he can play this week. And then we had to bring in Oren Burks and uh, Ty Summers, and I couldn't help but think it would be really nice to have Kamal Martin at this time. Yeah, yeah, that could have been nice. I mean, he wouldn't have played when Oren Burks was in because he played most of the passing downs, but he definitely would have been an upgrade over Ty Summers. I would believe. I mean, we even ended up having, I think Campbell got some special team snaps. Oh, I don't like that. Because Barnes went out. So I agree. Uh, That wasn't great to see. Um, Yeah, we don't really want Summers or Burks on the field if we can avoid it, especially Summers. Summers tries. I think he's a blue-collar guy. He is. Lunch pat, lunch pale, hard hat type of guy. Lunch pat. (laughs) Yeah, it was about your time for a word blunder. I've been doing this all these episodes, and... You my do turn. my turn. Um, I also, I think I was texting. I was like, you know, we know what we have with Ty Summers. Why not Isaiah? Mc, Isaiah, Isaiah <laughs> Karma's a bitch. Isaiah McDuffie. Let's get some McDuffie. Let's get some McDuffie. I want McDuffie. Just a fun Scottish name. I and he's athletic. He's more athletic than Ty Summers. We know that already. Um, and like you said, Ty Summers has just been kind of flown around the back end of that roster for a while now. I'd like to see that space used on more of a developmental guy. Even if if we have to throw him in, things could get a little dicey. I mean, we don't want Ty Summers in there either, as it stands currently. So No. it's I'd rather use that spot on a developmental guy, more of a prospect, and let McDuffie get a couple snaps a game. But, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, that's what we're seeing. Or hopefully Chris Barnes is just back. But, yeah, I agree. If, if Barnes or Cameron had shaken up, we know what the ceiling is of Ty Summers. He's hit it. He's it's pretty much teams. the same as the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the floor in the basement, actually, Luke. So let's see what Isaiah can do. Yeah, might as well, right? Might At least, as well. I will say, though, Oren Burks looks more useful this year than in years past. I've been happy with his Agreed. Showings. And I think if we essentially just plan on using him as a coverage guy, I'm fine with that. I mean, he's still relatively athletic, Mm -hmm. but I I don't want him to be an every down player. If he comes in on third and longs or whatever, I'm fine with that. If he's kind of a hybrid, if he essentially is our hybrid safety linebacker, I think I'm okay with that. I don't don't think we necessarily have anybody better besides Amos in that spot, and we probably want Amos to do his job. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and kind of let Savage do a little bit more, which we'll we'll talk about. But oh yes, we will. We will. But Burks, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate what I saw, which was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, a little less cringy than normally when I see him out there. Correct. Yeah. So now we, as we ascend, as we go back, it's time yep. for the secondary. Uh, I already mentioned Shannon Sullivan had a couple of nice plays. Jair will be a Jair. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to talk about that interception for a minute. It was a thing of beauty. We're not just going to skip over Jair because he's awesome. We're going to talk about Jair. Maybe for a I was going to circle back to it, but all right, we can. Sounded like it. you were skipping it. We're not going to do that here because that interception was beautiful. Where he comes from, right deep third, 
and then just books it, beats Kittle to the ball, and catches it. Reminded me like a center fielder going yeah, for a yeah, catch, little, right? Just right there, right there in the basket. I mean, that was a phenomenal play. Who was the guy in primary coverage? Do you remember? Stokes. And he he was right on Kittle. I mean, Kittle probably yeah. still makes that catch, but you got to be happy with the rookie there being right on the ball in a position to at least attempt to make a play on it, right? Correct. Yeah, and I think that's what we've seen from Stokes so far is that even when he's given up a catch, he's right there. I mean, he's not just kind of 10 yards away in la-la land. He's not, We'd see Kevin King. You took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth. <laughs> Where Kevin King would just be, you know, in the same zip code sometimes as the receiver. <laughs> He's usually not on the screen. Or maybe Correct. you can see like a like a hand in the corner of the screen. You're like, there you are, Kevin. <laughs> Found him. I spy with my little eye, Kevin King in the corner of the screen. Where St- Stokes is there and then makes a tackle. I'm like, hey, if if that's where we're at, that's a huge improvement. Um, and then and obviously hopefully we see a little bit more ball skills. That's what he was known for at Georgia. So looking forward to seeing a little bit more of that. But yeah. Jair looked great. Stokes looked pretty good. I'm happy with him as being the second corner from here on out. Oh, he looks wonderful. And between the two of them, I think that it really opens up a lot more opportunities to go man. I agree. Because like, if you think about it, if you look at the other side of the ball, we played the 49ers. They started 45-year-old Josh Norman out there, who's going to be able to run with nobody. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have two very athletic corners who are also good at their job. That's a huge difference, like you said. You can easily just man up when the situation calls for it. Yeah, that's great. And it's to not like I think it changes also like the offensive mentality, right? Because before it was obviously like throw at Kevin King. Yeah. You think about it, if a team has a real number one lockdown corner, you don't want to throw at him. And it's even easier to throw at the number two corner if it's Kevin King. Correct. It's it's not gonna be as automatic now with Eric Stokes. That isn't just gonna be an easy, you know. 10, 15, 20 yards right. like it was um, in games or situations past. Correct. So we've talked about Jair. Can we continue we now? We can continue now. Yeah. Sorry for my blasphemy. Yeah, I just got to respect him. It's fair. It's a fair point. So Jair, being great, mm-hmm. talked about Sully. I guess now we've already talked about our rookie. Yep. One thing I really wanted to bring up was Darnell Savage's play, I thought went to another level this game. When I think Donald Savage, I think of somebody who's supposed to be a ball hawk. Yep. Not necessarily extremely physical. It's kind of a, a thought we have with a lot of free safeties, right? They're supposed to be roaming. We were hoping with this defense that we would put Adrian Amos back deep because he's just consistent. He doesn't let anything behind him. Secure tackler. And then you hope that you let Savage, who's really athletic, get more in the box, interrupt shorter routes. Right, kind Makes of play that. Plays in the ball. I believe they call it the star position in this defense. A little yeah. more of a roamer. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what he did. He had a couple really good hits on Debo, which I do not like Chris Collinsworth, but that was one of the few points he said that was accurate. That some of those hits on it's Debo Samuel. Most other receivers in the league are not going to catch that. Which, I mean, hats off to him, good player. But Debo's a man out there. Debo is a man, but Savage is playing like his name entails. He was a savage. He was. And I love to see it. He was flying around. And I and I think it's a little bit, once again, counterintuitive to put Amos back there, the slower, bigger, better tackling guy, right? You think of him more naturally as a strong safety in the box type helping the run or whatever. But I agree. I like seeing Savage just run around and just make plays. I mean, obviously nowhere near here yet, but Earl Thomas would do that too as well. Like he would just kind of fly around, do whatever. 
cover guys in the slot, play some some shorter zones, just whack people, a little bit of run support here and there. Like that's kind of what we're seeing out of Savage in flashes. Still a little inconsistent. But that's a huge player to have in defense if he grows into that. And that Earl Thomas comparison is interesting because his but partner in crime in that secondary was Cam Chancellor. Yeah. Big physical safety. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that Adrian Amos is anywhere near the physicality of Cam Chancellor, but they're a similar body type. They're both... Big guys. Big guys. Big guys for safety. A little slower, secure tacklers. And, I mean, you see how it worked out in in Seattle. If you have the luxury of having an elite tackler, a strong safety, you can let your free safety roam and, you know, be disruptive. Make some plays. And it helps to have one of the best cornerbacks in the league, Richard Sherman, Jair Alexander. So, yeah. Interesting comparisons. Yeah. Obviously, we play a different defense than they do. Mm-hmm. But I think having strengths, similar strengths at those positions can definitely give you a lot of creativity on that side of the ball. Um, and I think we've seen some of that. And also being willing to put a little more pressure on the opposing quarterback. Right? Don't just drop everybody. Have some people roam around. Have some people blitz and have confidence in who you have back there. So we have a good group. We have a good secondary. Joe Barry was a lot more aggressive throughout the entire game, not only with dialing up blitzes, switching up man and zone, but even just like on four-man pressures. I feel like in week one, we didn't do any stunts like at all. The pressures were just boring and vanilla. A lot more stunts. Jimmy G was under a lot of duress. He was, constantly. Um, even with like Jonathan Garvin. like We had Jonathan Garvin and Chauncey Rivers play a lot. Yeah, they did. And they still got pressure. Yeah, which is kind of weird to see, honestly, but I'm very happy about it. Yeah, looking here, Garvin had 20 snaps, Rivers had 13, and they weren't liabilities, and they got a little bit of pressure. I mean, they were noticeable. So that, I agree. I think the defense has been night and day since week one, um, and even week two. We're just improving every single week. Garvin had half a sack. Oh, hey, very, I'll take very it. Proud. I will take it for Garvin. Uh, I think, can you imagine when we get Z back? I mean... The guy who actually puts pressure on the quarterback out of our main three, that we could have a dangerous defense. I'm not going to say we're going to have like top five in the league or anything, but I think we're seeing some pieces that you're not going to necessarily want to play as. We're going to get Z back. I mean, Stokes is just going to get better. Yeah. Right? Just going to keep growing. Hopefully, Shannon Sullivan can keep developing in the slot, mm-hmm. which we were hoping with this defense he'd be better. We'll see. We will see. I was definitely feeling a lot better about our defense like during that game and afterwards than I think we did after week two, and especially after week one. A hundred percent. It felt like we had a real defense. Something that we need to address over just the game as a whole mm-hmm. was how how really dominated this game. Yeah. I think, we, if anything, we've been a little low on ourselves from this game so far. You meaning during our discussion? Yeah. During our show? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I we straight up kicked their ass. Yeah, we in did. the first half, we dominated. I think it was what fourteen nothing, and then they had that kick return. Was that yeah. in the first half? Yeah, yeah, that was so, the end of the first half. So, folks, if you haven't noticed by now, our Packers special teams is trash and has been for years. Hold on, we're gonna circle back to that. We're gonna circle back to the kick yep. return. No, just the special teams as a whole. Can I talk about the kick return or sure? Yeah, right. if you want to. So. <laughs> I try to forget about it personally. <laughs> well, we got to bring it up, though, right? We do. When we're we talking do. about this game flow. We have to bring it up. So the Packers were due for a crappy, you know, kick return, punt return coverage, yada, yada, yada. And, and it happened late in the first half. 49ers get the ball up to, what, 35, 40-yard line? Yeah, something like that. Puts them in an easy position to score. 
So then they get up, you know, then it's 14-7. They get the ball after halftime. And I feel like all of their second half drives were aided by a bullshit penalty. Yeah, it was not the ref's finest moment. No. We were comparing, before our show, we were comparing like the worst officiated Packers games. Yep. I think this is up there probably with the NFC Championship game from last year. Maybe even worse than the Fail Mary game in Seattle like six years ago. I don't know if anything will ever truly be worse than the Fail Mary game. But that was one play. It bro. was one play. But, I mean, I, I have the scars to prove that how deep that cut. <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, and I think overall this was, especially in the second half, was really bad officiating. I mean, that, just one of the plays, the roughing the passer on Jair, who was playing patty cake with Jimmy Garoppolo back there. He I hit mean, him in the chest. What was that? He gave him a little, a little chest bump. Right? The no call on the Devante hit. And Oh, now you're getting me triggered. Now you get me triggered. I know, and I felt bad because, of course, that was Jimmy Ward, and I you alum. Yeah, he's your guy. He did that to Devontae. <laughs> so you have, let's just go down the list, right? Let's go down it. We have the Jair hit. Jair hit. Yep. We have bad one. We have two calls on Eric Stokes. Yep. One of them, the guy, the receiver, like, tripped over himself. And mm-hmm. That's a P.I. And then there was another one that we were discussing earlier that I didn't, I don't remember seeing it, but I didn't think it was bad. No. A little ticky-tacky. I think it was a little ticky-tacky. That one, I would have been okay either way. You have, in the red zone, Jimmy Garoppolo is under pressure and spikes the ball. Yep, just spikes it. Just spikes it. But not immediately, right? Like, he's not trying to save the clock. It was, no. you know, like three or four seconds. Oh, nobody's open. I'm going to spike the ball. That's yep. intentional grounding, folks. That's quite literally the definition of intentional grounding. And then so you you call those on us, which I feel like all those are on third downs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were all backbreakers on defense. And then you have a clear... Helmet to helmet on Devontae. Defenseless receiver. Easy call. Nothing. Which, thankfully, he's okay. All indications I, are he's good. I don't know how. Knocking on wood, because sometimes, you know, it was a it was a head-on-head. You know, I was in a, those, came back, those car crashes, right? I was mm-hmm. in a car crash. As you remember, coming home from prop, great times. And sometimes <laughs> you do. feel okay. You feel okay after the hit, and then you get some whiplash a couple days later. Right. We've heard nothing, so I'm assuming it's fine. Good to go. Tuffy scary moment, he was down for a few minutes, and I think we were all holding our breath. Absolutely, and, and in hindsight, how exactly would have that last drive gone if Devontae couldn't have been out there? Well, Devontae wasn't out there. My boy Marquez was a little banged up, too. He was not out there. He was trying to get out there. A lot of heart. A lot of heart. A lot of heart for Marquez. He loved to see it. So who do you put out there? Like Cobb and Josiah? Big Bob? <laughs> see how it goes? For the do something fun? Maybe a little hook and ladder song? Where's, uh, where's Jeff Janice and... Richard Rodgers when we need him, right? <laughs> bring him back. <laughs> yeah, why didn't Rodgers like, demand we bring Jeff Janis back? He should have. He really should have. That's the real tragedy. Of the he was the season. greatest receiver of all time for one drive. He really was, though. He was. Magic. He was. Two Hail Marys in a row. And if you just... That has to be an NFL record, right? It has to be. And if you just for, pretend that the game ended there, you'll live a much happier life. Oh. <sighs> Anyways, moving on. Let's talk about the good parts of the special team, shall we? Oh, that Mason Crosby guy. That Mason Crosby yeah. guy. Yeah. Just drilling the game winner, by the way. And something that, you know, honestly, we probably should have talked about at the beginning, which is that entire little last sequence, right? So Rodgers throws the completion to Devante, right? Mm. Spikes the ball. Throws the incompletion to Devante. Throws the completion to Devante. Spikes the ball. Did you see what he did after he spiked the ball? When he's going off the field. Him and most of the offensive line and Cobb just start like 
fist bumping. They're oh, excited. They knew. they knew it was already going in. That as soon as they got in range, it was over. Mason Crosby, ice in his veins, Silver Fox. Silver Fox. Silver Fox. <laughs> the man has great, great gray hair. Yeah, he aged very well. He did. He did. He really grew into it. Um, I think we can all aspire to be the Silver Fox like Mason Crosby one day. And just drilled it. Right? I mean, almost got blocked. But just drilled it. And he had a 54-yarder earlier in the game. I mean, this was... He's no spring chicken anymore. Obviously, the Silver Fox. He really stepped up to the plate big time. And the confidence that the rest of the team had in him making that kick really speaks volumes about him. Especially at this point in his career. And it's not that long ago that we had that yip season. So anytime that he steps up to the plate and knocks it out of the park, I'm super happy for the guy for everything he's gone through. It only counts as one win. Yeah. But this game meant a lot on so many levels. Yeah. The defense being aggressive, you know, showing up on the road. California, mm-hmm. we don't do that. No, we don't. Um, Mason Crosby's late kick, you know, clutch. This was week three, but this felt like a playoff game. Yeah, I, the intensity was there for sure. Um, and the importance of the game was not lost. Plus, I mean, if we go one and two, that's not great. Oh, no. Up against, uh, as we're about to talk about, a overall pretty good Steelers team. A questionable Steelers team. It should be good Steelers team, but we're not quite sure yet. Correct. A, a team that people can definitely lose to Steelers team. Uh, that's not where you want to be. No not sense. where you want to be at all. So, shall we move on? All right. To next week? We're on to the Steelers. Let's, on to this. Let's go on. So, this Sunday, October 3rd, the Pittsburgh Steelers come to Lambeau for a... 325 kickoff. Mm-hmm. Last week they lost to the Bengals. And looked real not good doing it. Mm-mm. No, Big Ben threw 58 times. That's a terrible idea. For an average of five and a half yards, <laughs> one touchdown, two interceptions. Sacked four times with a rating of 70.9. Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite part of, of his stat line is the fact that 19, almost a third, well, actually, a little over a third of his attempts went to Najee Harris, the running back, as dump-offs. Is he now Captain Checkdown? Uh, I believe he is. Is yeah. he 2014 Alex Smith? I, I think we've kind of gotten to that point in his career, yeah. Um, Najee Harris is not exactly like a, a, a third-down receiving running back like Chris Thompson. He's not Darren Sproles. Like He's not Darren Sproles, where that's kind of a, a game plan, right? And so you, they're all checkdowns. They're all checkdowns. And you have good weapons down the field. Yeah. I right? mean, you have Chase Claypool. You had Juju. Uh, Deontay Johnson was out. I believe he'll be back for this game. But, yeah, you have good good players. Eric Ebon, James Washington. This offense definitely has pieces to keep the defense honest. Yeah. Sounds like people are wondering if Big Ben's sort of losing faith in the deep ball. He I just doesn't look confident. I think it's lost. I think it's gone. Yeah, I don't I, think this is me knocking on what I'm hoping so. Yeah, we're going to say that, and Chase Claypool is going to put up like 200 yards on us somehow, but <laughs> <laughs> and nothing but 50-yard bombs. But It'll be interesting to see how our defense matches up. Yeah, it's kind of a what they do is what we try to make people do. They just want to check it down. We ha- very much want. have a keep it in front of you defense. Uh, so that'll be interesting. That'll definitely be interesting. If we can control Najee Harris, keep him locked down. I mean, he had 40 yards on 14 carries, which is not great. And 20 of those yards came out one carry. 
So he had 20 yards on 13 carries. This might be quite the challenge, though, because we did learn, unfortunately, Tyler Lancaster will not be playing in this game. I mean, yeah, we're going to be missing our stud in the middle there. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Naperville zone. <laughs> we'll see if we can survive without Tyler Lancaster this week, oh, folks. Don't worry. I know what's going to happen. Oh, do share. Jack Heflin, obviously. I hope Jack Heflin. Prophetstown's own. Jack Heflin coming in, <laughs> stepping up for Lancaster. You know, if he does something, I won't even give a shit with your whole Prophet's Town own crap. I'll, I'll just embrace <laughs> it. I'll push through it. You should. You should. I'm glad to hear. Also, side note, something we've talked about before, that your family's kind of getting into it. Yeah, so uh, my dad and his girlfriend are two of our very loyal 11 <laughs> listeners, which we're, we're trying to expand. So if you have any friends or family listeners that you know like Packers and like amateur podcasters, Send them the show. Please do. They, uh, we watch the game together when I can. Yeah. And they often get a lot, a lot of references. So whenever whenever Big Bob or Lancaster or someone does something, my dad just looks at me and laughs. I'm like, God damn it, Luke. <laughs> so now it, it's just... It's, it's catching it's on. Expanding. It's yeah. catching on. I, I am spreading the local boys to the, the rest of the area. And that's I'm, it warms my heart, honestly to hear that from your family so well i'm glad it does i man. appreciate that back to the steelers back to the steelers so the steelers offense despite the fact that we won't have the man god that is tyler lancaster don't know what we're gonna do the steelers offense is not my primary concern in this game no definitely not steelers defense has one of the top front sevens in the nfl um they've been a little underperforming since their stud uh tj watt has been banged mm-hmm. up mm-hmm he still is on the injury report. I believe he's listed as questionable. Questionable. Um, he should be going. Him and Alex Highsmith, another linebacker, they should be good to go. Yeah, and even uh, even if he's limited, his backup is Melvin Ingram, who's not exactly a slouch. Mm-mm. I mean, probably at this point in his career, not somebody you want to play every down. Uh, but if, as a rotational piece, I mean, I would love to have him. Oh, yeah. He can still do some damage. Yeah. And you still have Cam Hayward in the middle. That's a really strong front a um, couple weeks in a row now. Devin Bush at linebacker. Joe Schober. I mean, they get they got some people. They got some pieces. And that's not even talking about their secondary, which is pretty darn good. Despite old man Joe Hayden. Despite old man Joe Hayden. But I, they have arguably the best safety in the league currently in Minka. Yeah, Minka's going to make up for a lot. He makes some plays. Oh, yeah. He's one of those ball hawking, roaming free safeties where Absolutely. he just shows out of nowhere. But like the Jair interception coming out of center field right. out that, of nowhere. That's a Minka type thing. That's a Minka thing for sure. He definitely would make that kind of play. Fast uh, linebacker and Bush. I mean, very athletic. So this will be an interesting test for sure against this defense. Football is a ge- lot of game of like rock, paper, scissors. Yep. Right. So last week where we have our banged up offensive line versus a you know, top five pass rush in the league. Mm-hmm. You saw what we did. A lot of empty sets. A lot of chipping, a lot of quick passes. Right. I think Pittsburgh knows that we would look to do the exact same thing against them with TJ Watt. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how we counteract. Because I'm assuming that they're gonna have a recipe like to to stop what we did last week. Right. Right. I would definitely think so. Um I I assume that they're watching plenty of film on how we did that because we did such a good job and we're gonna be in the same position this week. So It'll be interesting to see what they do differently. And then, like you said, kind of what our counter is um, for a very similar situation up front. I think the running game is going to be tough, too, with that front seven. 
So we'll yeah. see if we if we stick to the run like we have been. I'm hoping that trend will continue. I think we have. I mean, we have to. I think to have a good game offensively and come away with the win. But yeah, I'm hoping it looks a lot like this last time. So run early, run often, establish a run, even if it's four yards carry. That's fine. Be patient. We'll take that. We'll see how the running game looks if we have all our horses. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both were limited practice on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Hoping they're both good to go. If not, we'll see more Kylan Hill, which, although we think he has a good upside against this front seven, I don't love that matchup. No, not at all. And if he has to step in for A.J. Dillon, that may be one thing. But if we're down Aaron Jones, this is a, a problem. I don't think we will We will be. It didn't sound too serious. I think he'll be he'll be back a little bit more concerned about A.J. Dillon, um, his availability. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to see Kylan have to step up that much this early. Mm-mm. Especially not against this team. No, no. Not so concerned about the actual running of the football, but definitely pass protections and stuff like that. It's going to be very important this week. So we'll see how that works. So MVS won't be playing. He's still dealing with that hamstring issue that he, I think he pulled probably in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So do you think it's just uh, EQ we bring up? Why not Winfrey? We were so high on Winfrey yeah. in the preseason. Why do we bring EQ, EQ back? Up. Just so we could get a catch. He's not the playing against the Lions. Brother. Yeah, no, that's not the Lions. There's no excuse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would like to see Winfrey, realistically, whoever it is, probably won't see the ball a lot. Um, not going to have a huge part to play. Malik Taylor will probably get more run as a result, I imagine. We saw more Amari Rodgers against the Niners. A lot of jet sweep, not a lot yeah. of plays to him. Could this be the game where he gets involved with Marquez being out? It could be. It could be. I doubt it. Honestly, it feels like they're kind of really rationing the amount they want to use him. I'm hoping maybe this this opens it up somehow for a little bit more Cobb. And we still haven't seen a lot of Cobb either, and I'd like to see him get a little bit more involved. I understand it doesn't have to be a an absolute monster from the slot, but just a little bit. You can get him involved in some creative ways. But yeah, we're not we're not really going to have that deep threat. Amari's not really a perfect match for that. Mm-mm. Maybe Malik Taylor. Maybe... And this Definitely win for your EQ, but I just don't trust him. This matchup, even if Mark Wessel's playing, isn't great for the deep ball. No. Right. I'm amazed at how well our pass, r- pass rush held up last week. I don't think we can assume they're going to do that well this week. No. And like we just talked about Minka Fitzpatrick. You don't think he's watching film on Mark Wessel going deep? I mean, obviously, Mark Wessel isn't playing, so it wouldn't matter. But that's that's something where I would see him being able to eliminate it. So Yeah. Even if Mark Russell's playing, I think it's it's still the short game is where we have to be hitting him. Yeah, I would I would agree. So yeah, maybe we see more Rogers, more Cobb. That'd be I'd be very happy to see them incorporate a little bit more into the offense. And obviously, we're going to see a heavy dose of Devontae just schooling everyone. I hope so. I really hope they put old man Joe Hayden on Devontae. That would be amazing. It's funny. I I caught wind of uh, Joe Hayden saying that Aaron Rodgers is his favorite quarterback. Yeah, we'll see how you feel after the game, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> after he puts you on the job. Uh, hopefully it's a, it's a rough day at work for Joe Hayden. Any other thoughts for our Steelers matchup? I think I'm just excited for the game. Um, should be a good game. It's another good test uh, to kind of see where we're at. If we can come out of this at 3-1, and one, I'll feel pretty good about the team. Especially after that week one Especially after week one. Woo! We were like, this is not going to get any easier. <laughs> no. We play a hard schedule, so... Uh, one of the hardest in the NFL. So any win you can pick up against a playoff quality opponent, it, despite their dink and dunk offense, 
um, I think is crucial. So, yeah, we got to come out. If we can get on top of them quick and early, like we did with the 49ers, I don't really see a way for them to kind of work their way back in, just dump them all off all game. So I think that's going to be our key is kind of front run a little bit. That's where we're the strongest. So hopefully we can get the, get the ball and score a lot in the first half. Get up on them, allow our pass rushers to do their thing. Yep. And you know Ben's going to just chuck it. Yeah. I feel like he's going to the point. I mean, he's always been a risky guy, but especially now, he's going to throw in a double coverage. He's going to make some mistakes. Yeah, so our secondary needs to be ready to make plays. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So as promised with our podcast, folks, for our Chicagoland listeners, we <laughs> will talk about the Bears. So, Luke, you want to lead us off with our uh, last week's Bears game? Justin Fields, oh, first start. Oh, I would love to. Oh, please. I would love to. Fill our, fill our viewers in. Good Lord, was that awful. Woo, one that net yard was, passing. That was so bad. I've never seen a line like that. One net yard passing. Yeah, I mean, historically, it was one of the worst offensive performances in the last several decades. I mean, this was real bad. Uh, nine sacks, four and a half for Miles Garrett by himself. I mean, I, we talked about how good our game plan was to kind of help out. The offensive line. I don't know what they were doing. Nothing. They did nothing. They went empty, I think, as much as we did, but there were no chips. There was there nothing. Were no chips. There was no running back to help against Miles Garrett. They just just let him go. Yeah. And Jason Peters is like 75 years old at this point. Yeah, I really feel bad for it. Jason Peters. Yeah, he should have stayed fishing. You should not have come out of retirement for this team, my man. I mean, this guy was all pro for so many years, and then to yeah. watch him just like, like this, like if this is his last stop, which I'm hoping it is. Dude, that's just not a way to be remembered by. No, no, absolutely not. And, I mean, Justin Fields didn't look good. He, Matt Nagy did him no favors with the offense, did not help him out at all. And then Justin Fields didn't really bounce back from that either. Uh, you can tell the game's still too fast for him. There's a couple times where Justin Fields got caught, and he was you could tell he was a little surprised he got caught. Welcome to the NFL, buddy. Everybody's fast. Yeah. You can't just take off and, and outrun the random, you know, Michigan defensive tackle is going to be working at Starbucks next week. Like when he graduates, it's I not prefer selling insurance, but <laughs> that's Starbucks fair. insurance. That's fair. Whatever. Uh, it's just the game is different. The speed is different. You are no longer the absolute best athlete on the field. I mean, he's still a freak athlete, and, and I think his potential is still super high. But you're going to have to be a little bit smarter because Miles Garrett will come and eat you alive. Yeah. And you hope this game teaches him a little something. something. A little something. Uh, their defense didn't look great. The Bears? Yeah, the Bears defense. I I, I thought they held up really well. Considering. Considering. Yes. I think that's why I didn't say they looked terrible. They just didn't look great against that offense. Um, which you know what you're going to get from the Browns. They're going to run. They're going to run some more. They're going to run play action. And then they're going to run. And that's it. Um, it's a good offense, but it's not you kind of know what's coming to a certain degree. Great running backs that make the whole thing work, and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And when Baker's on, he's a great quarterback. But that was, I mean, I watched most of that game, and that was rough. I felt bad. It was painful. Yeah, it was painful. Watch the kid. I, all, the, all the Bears fans we know in our lives, right, that were so excited for Justin Fields, that wanted this so bad, that were happy in a way, when Andy Dalton got hurt, and that meant Justin Fields gets to take over. Just the disappointment. I mean, their hearts just got ripped out watching that game. I felt so bad. <laughs> and, you know, it also really makes you think for a second how lucky we've been 
with our sustained success over the years. I mean, a couple losing seasons in our entire lifetime, and that's it. And Hall of Fame quarterback play the entire time, except for Brett Hundley and Seneca Let's Wallace and all that. Here, please, please. <laughs> Besides those couple games, um, and just you know, we have been blessed with being able to watch what football looks like, and not that hot garbage that the Bears fans had to watch. I think they should have fired Nagy after that game. Yeah, I'm not surprised they never have in the history of the franchise in the middle of the season fired a head coach. But I mean, if they lay a stinker and they lose to Detroit. And if they look like that losing to Detroit, I think he's got to be gone. You have, what, seven, eight, nine months to prepare a game plan for Justin Fields, right? Yeah. You have this hotshot rookie mobile quarterback, and that's the game plan you have. I mean, it didn't play to his strengths. It didn't help try to shore up any of his weaknesses. You just I, you just chucked him out there. And often like it's dominated in the first half, and then you don't make any adjustments? None. Yeah. Like, my God... If they would have gone, let's just say, like, max protection and they couldn't get people open and they're still taking sacks, whatever, at least you tried something different. Right. Right? The NFL is a game, like, about adjustments, about, you know, X's and O's and counting what the team does, the other team does. There was nothing like that from Matt Nagy whatsoever. No. He was just going to stick to the script. Okay, these are the 30 or 40 plays I have dialed up. Probably still won't work. Oh, well, too bad. We're, We're going to keep, keep doing on. it. Yep. Wild. Absolutely wild to watch that game. I mean, that... Like I said, I felt bad. You had, you explained it perfectly. It was painful to watch. And as Packer fans, we don't want Justin Fields to do well, of course. Obviously. But Luke and I are also just really big fans of the game. We're big fans of football in mm-hmm. general. And I was excited to watch Fields play because I like watching good football. I like watching mobile quarterbacks. Absolutely. Like Michael Vick was one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch of all time. Right? Yeah. And so you're, and you've got Kyler Murray, Lamar, they're fun. I mean, even Josh Allen. Josh Allen, they're like exciting. Gonna, yep. You never know what's going to happen. So you're really hoping you get an, another joy to watch in Justin Fields. And now you just got to wonder, is Matt Nagy going to ruin him too? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's either. early. It's early, but it seems like we could be going down that road again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mitch never looked that bad. Uh, obviously, Justin Fields is a better football player, or should be a better football player than Mitch. Should, should be. be. If he well doesn't get said. broken. Um, but man. Yeah, I. you don't want to see the kid go down like that. And hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he bounces back. I want the Bears to lose every game. Let's not get that wrong. Agreed. But I want Justin Fields to not be like emotionally and mentally scarred from the beating he took. And, yeah, you can definitely break a quarterback that way. That's for sure. That's David Carr. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> we don't need that to happen again. Oh, David Carr. You know what, though? He's really, he's bounced back. He's doing really well on the NFL Network. He has. I, I love, love watching him on the NFL Network. So, good for him. Good bounce back. All right, my friend. Any other any other takes for the episode? No, I think that's that's pretty much it. I'm looking forward to this game. Should be a good one. Um, yeah, that's all I got. All righty, folks. So, we thank you again for tuning in. Uh, if you like and subscribe, we can try to get our podcast out there a little more. Luke and I have also discussed about you know opening up for questions, right? For yeah. our, for our twelve or thirteen loyal listeners, however many Correct. there are, um, we wouldn't think it'd be a bad idea to have you guys shoot in some questions or things you want discussed on the show. You can email them to me, and I'll send them to Luke at devin.hine at gmail.com. Until um, next week, thank you, and go Paco. Go Paco.